Welcome back, creatives, to another episode on Reality Interrupted. It appears that Arian's decision to bring Paxson in on their mission to kill the Dark Lord is faring well for everyone except for Elise. Everything about Paxson irritated her. His handsome face, his smooth voice, his sharp mind. Her aversion to him was no secret, but if she was being honest with herself, she knew that her brother was right. They needed him to ensure their evil father's death. With the three of them working together, they would be unstoppable. That is, until Arian had a dream that stopped him dead in his tracks. A dream of Brian coming to kill his adoptive mother, Kat. A dream, like all his other premonitions, he couldn't stop from happening. Was this Brian's revenge for Arian killing his father? Or did the Dark Lord somehow find out that Kat was the one responsible for hiding Blythe from him? And as a result, the existence of his kids. What were Arian and Elise going to do? They had to find some kind of way to save his mom. Once upon a time. He made it to the threshold of the kitchen and found both of his parents sitting down at the table behind a spread of food and two extra place settings. Arian raised his eyebrows. You expecting company? It took everything in Kel not to jump up and embrace his son. The last time he'd seen him, almost a month prior, Arian had told them that he needed some time and space. And despite how difficult it was, they'd respected that. It hurt them more than Arian could possibly know that he hadn't even sent them a text to check in during that time. But Kel didn't want to dwell on it. He was ecstatic that he was there now, and he'd take advantage of the time they had together. Not company. You, son. Happy birthday. How'd you know? Not about it being my birthday, obviously, but that I was coming. He asked as he walked up to the table and sat down. She had a vision of all of us in here on your birthday. Kel answered. When everything went down... We didn't really talk much about what all I think I gave you. I wasn't sure it was going to be this birthday, even though there were some subtle hints like the style of my hair and the color of my nails. Until last night, when I saw what your dad had laid out to wear for today. She shaved a solid five years off of my life from the scream she let out. Kel told him, smiling from the memory. Kat shrugged sheepishly. I was excited. Anyway... I would have told you sooner about my visions, but I hadn't had one since you were a baby. I kind of forgot that it was a power of mine until I thought back on what you said about having dreams that were more like visions, coupled with my role in you being able to access the light domain. Your visions are obviously stronger than mine, though. My visions come in tidbits, flashing images that don't really make sense until it's actually happening in real time. So, I learned to just ignore them. But this one I couldn't ignore. Hmm. My dreams have flaws as well, though. There are portions of conversations that are different in real time than the dream. Even pieces of the dreams that are left out. They're far from perfect. Where's Elise? Kel asked. Oh, she's asleep. She got into the symphony orchestra in New York and has to meet up with them in a few hours, so I don't want to wake her. You see? My visions aren't dependable at all, because I saw her here, too. He raised his eyebrows again. You did? Oh, well, in that case... Lifting his hand, Arian opened the portal to the dark domain. No, no, it's alright. I don't want to wake her. Kat urged, not wanting him to go through the trouble at her expense. Listen, I've come to realize that the visions have come to us for a reason. And will happen the way they're supposed to whether or not we try to prevent them. Don't disregard or take yours for granted, Mom. I imagine this one came to you because I haven't reached out to you in a month. I'm sorry I felt like it had to be that way. But we will get to that in a minute. Arian turned towards the opening of the portal, and within a couple of seconds, Blue was standing at the threshold of both worlds. Arian heard his parents <gasps> gasp, and he smirked. Blue, I'd like to introduce you to my parents, Kelvin and Catherine Thompson. Mom, Dad, this is my Pegasus, Blue. As was the way of Blue, he did a dramatic bow. 
Arian rolled his eyes. All right, you show off. I need you to go wake up Elise and bring her here. When Blue huffed and shook his head, Arian turned fully towards him. What do you mean, no? Frowning, Blue whinnied at Arian. I know she's asleep. That's why I said go wake her up. She needs to be here. Arian folded his arms when he sensed Blue say something along the lines of, You know Elise doesn't like to be awakened. I'm not getting my head chewed off for you. It's not just for me. Mom saw her here in a vision. Listen, if you're going to be such a pony about it, take Empress with you. I'm sure she can get the job done. This time, Blue whinnied louder and stumped his front legs. Arian wanted to laugh at his crude response, but resisted. Oh, nice. That's some fine language you're using in front of my parents. Real classy. He did chuckle when Blue raised his head, turned away, and trotted off with all the dignity he had left. Arian turned back to his parents and saw that they were gaping at him. Sorry about that. Blue can be a bit mercurial, but he's great. You can... you can talk to animals? Kel wanted to know. Shrugging, Arian nodded. To a degree. I can't understand all animals as well as I do Blue, but the animals in the dark domain I understand more than the animals in the middle world. With them, it's more of impressions and feelings. I imagine it would be the same in the light domain as it is in the dark, but I haven't spent much time there. Why not? Cat asked. It doesn't feel like home the way the dark domain does, and Elise isn't there. Home, he called it. A piece of her heart broke that he no longer considered where they were as home, but she'd known as a parent that that couldn't last forever. She'd known the day was coming where he'd move on and move out. Kat had just hoped that they would have been on better terms when it happened. She, however, was happy that he had Elise and was beginning to think that home and Elise were synonymous for him. Kat was about to say as much when she heard Blue trot back to the portal. She smiled when she saw Elise jump off of Blue. She couldn't believe how much she'd grown and how beautiful she'd blossomed since the first time they met six years ago. Without taking her eyes off of her brother, Elise stepped through the portal and glared down at him. You owe me breakfast. I felt bad for yelling at Blue for waking me up, especially since it's really you who I'm angry with. So I gave him my fruit bowl. If someone comments on the bags under my eyes at this fitting, I'm going to kick your- Elise! Arian said, cutting her off. Maybe you should take stock of your surroundings? For the first time, Elise looked around and made a noise between a gasp and a groan. Her cheeks felt warm, and she could have shriveled in embarrassment. She definitely was going to kick Arian for not warning her sooner. I'm so sorry. I'm, uh, not much of a morning person. Both Kel and Kat laughed, and Kat pushed away from the table with her arms open to embrace her. No one in their right mind is, sweetie. It's so good to see you again. You've grown into such a beautiful young lady. Elise held on to her for a little longer. This was the woman, practically the only person, rather, that she looked up to. She valued their relationship and their conversations, because despite the fact that she hadn't seen or heard from Arian in almost a month, and it was obvious that she was worried about him, Kat never asked her about him. She genuinely cared about Elise, and that was something Elise wasn't used to. She also wasn't used to sharing so much of her life or her feelings to anyone other than her brother, but somehow Kat got it out of her every time. Thank you. It's really good to see you again, too. Walking around the table, Elise hugged Kel when he stood up and opened his arms to her. Mr. Thompson, it's so nice to finally meet you. Kel waved away the formalities. Please, call me Kel. And it's nice to finally meet you as well. I've heard so many wonderful things about you. I truly hope so, because I'd hate for that display of anger to be your first impression of me. Not at all. Please, sit down. We were just about to sing to the birthday boy. Arian rolled his eyes while his dad pulled a fully decorated cake out of the oven and placed it on the table. Indulge us. They all sat around the table and sang to Arian. When they finished the song and demanded that he make a wish, he obliged. He opened his eyes and looked at the three people that meant the world to him. Before we get started cutting the cake and eating breakfast, I owe you both an apology. I had a dream last night, and it made me realize that I handled all of this very poorly. What happened, the way I was practically dumped on your doorstep, 
was not your fault. All you two did was take in a baby that wasn't yours. No questions asked. You had no idea who I came from or what Blythe had gotten herself into. Even after you realized danger would always follow me, the amount of times you were forced to quit your jobs, drop everything and move, you kept me. You had a link to Blythe. You could have found her and given me back, but you didn't. You raised me and you loved me. You're our son. Kel responded genuinely. And it was as simple as that, Arian mused. For almost 21 years, I was lied to. I felt betrayed, as if I really didn't belong anywhere. I blamed you, just like I did with everything else, but none of it was your fault. You did what you had to do to protect me when my own biological parents wouldn't. All of this is their fault, and I've come to terms with that. We both have. He said, referring to Elise. We've accepted what cannot be changed, and we're going to make them pay for what they've done. Kat reached over and grabbed Arian's hand. Oh, baby. Trust me, when I say revenge never solves anything, it won't erase the pain of the past. It will only darken your future. Would you say the same if you knew our father, that the one that Blythe asked you to hide her from was the Dark Lord? Sitting back in her chair, Kat thought about her first interaction with Blythe and how scared she was. She thought about the months that she stayed with them, never wanting to go outside, always looking over her shoulder when they forced her to go get some fresh air, and the anxiety attack she had when she found out that he'd escaped from prison. They'd figured it was a very abusive relationship for her reactions to be so extreme. And in a way, it was, Kat realized. It all made sense now. So, the two of you are siblings? That's been confirmed? Yes. I'm sorry I didn't tell you sooner, but I felt like that was Arian's truth to tell, not mine. Kat smiled at Elise with understanding in her eyes. You have nothing to apologize for, sweetie. I understand. So, Blythe went back to him. I can only imagine what you must have felt finding out, but I hope you know you're nothing like them. Either of them. Part of the reason why we were so eager to keep you when she asked us was because we knew that she wasn't ready to be a mother. We loved you and were afraid for you even before you were born, Kel added. She wasn't in the right state of mind to raise a child, to be a mother. She still isn't, Elise told them, venom pouring out of her words. She only cares about herself and the man she knows has killed thousands, but it will all be over soon. I can feel your power, Elise. You've gotten a lot stronger since Arian brought you to me to heal, but it's not enough. I feel the rage and hurt in both of you, and I'm afraid that all of those things are clouding your judgment. You have no idea what the sorcerer is capable of. We don't want you in the middle of that. The sternness in Kat's voice was clear. Arian and Elise shared a look, almost a silent conversation between each other. Elise nodded at him and he looked at his parents. I guess it's time for me to be completely honest with you. About us. Kat couldn't believe what she was hearing. It was as if she didn't know her own son at all. It was hard to be angry with him because she and Kel essentially did the same thing to him for so long. But how, she wondered, was all of this happening right under their noses with them none the wiser? I don't know what to say. Arian looked at both of them. Say you're not mad? On a half-hearted chuckle, Kat lifted her hands and dropped them back in her lap. How can I be after what we hid from you? I didn't keep this from you to get back at you. And I didn't tell you to make you feel bad. Arian responded, shaking his head. No, we know that, Ace. Kel told him. It's just a lot to take in, and it's a lot for the both of you to take on at such a young age. Elise shrugged nonchalantly. Our age is irrelevant because we're not your traditional adolescents, and we weren't normal kids. We never really had a childhood. Theodore saw to that. We didn't give you much of a childhood either. Kat muttered sadly, looking down at her hands. Arian covered her hands with his. 
What you both gave me are characteristics and gifts that set me apart and have saved our lives and our animals' lives numerous times. You both gave me a chance at life when I'd been discarded by the woman who gave birth to me. You gave me a lot more than I deserve. I need you to understand that when I killed Mr. Watson, I set something in motion. I handled it all wrong. I ran. I couldn't face Brian and tell him that I'd killed his father or explain to him why, but his dad told him that he was the Dark Lord's tracker in his will. That was all Brian needed to figure out who killed him, and that anger and resentment quickly turned into hate and revenge. He hated War Master even before he knew it was me. Somewhere along the line, Theodore found Brian and made him his latest tracker. But Brian doesn't have magic within him. He didn't, Elise answered. But Theodore figured out a way to pump it into him. He's taken a little power from every one of his previous trackers and even a bit of his own, liquefied it in some kind of way, and pumps it into his bloodstream, I imagine. That can't be healthy for him. Cat commented. I don't know, but I know it doesn't last. While it's only temporary, it is powerful. He's out to kill me and anyone close to me. In my dream, he came here. I'm sure he came for both of you, but mom, you were the only one at home. What? Kel barked. As Arian relayed his dream, his fingers itched for a sketch pad and pencil, but he refrained. This dream wasn't like the others. I couldn't hear anything, so I have no idea what was said on either side. It was frustrating. When? Kel asked. I don't know. It could be today. It could be a month from now. There was no way for me to tell. Well then, I just won't leave you alone until he shows up here, and we'll- Do what? Kill him? Honey, this is Brian we are talking about. And you can't be with me every hour of the day. And as much as I wish it were different, dreams or visions don't work that way. No matter what we try to do to change it or avoid it, it will happen mainly in the way I saw it with, at best, some slight variations. But on the bright side, my dream clearly was not everything that happened. Mom could have alerted any one of us or all of us. Or she could have defeated him on her own. Elise pointed out defiantly. Thank you, Elise. Kat nodded at her. Irritated at the remark, Arian looked back and forth between his mom and his sister. Don't you start, Elise. Mom, please don't try to be a hero. Elise <laughs> laughed out loud. Oh, you're one to talk. I'm sure even you can appreciate the irony. Ignoring her, Arian looked at his mother. I'm not saying you're not capable of defeating him on your own, but none of us knows what all he's capable of. Why take that on by yourself when you don't have to? When you have people who can and want to help when you have us. Kat could see the plea in his eyes and sighed. If I feel threatened, I promise I will contact you all. Now, eat up before the food gets cold. Elise was only a few feet away from the concert hall when she heard someone shout her name. She turned to see who it was and smiled when she saw Sav running towards her. Sav caught up rather quickly and wound her arm with Elise's. Good morning, Sav. You look amazing like you weren't up until 2 a.m. dancing the night away. She stated, playful envy clear in her voice. Sav shrugged as they walked through the doors of the hall. That's because I slept like the dead until the very last possible second. Then she looked over at Elise. You uh, didn't get much sleep, I guess. That's a very nice way of saying I look ragged. Elise retorted, chuckling. <laughs> and to answer your question, no. My brother woke me up. He has these dreams. Sometimes they're so overwhelming, he can't help it. This was one of those times. Yeah, he told me about his dreams. Elise raised her eyebrows. Really? He must really like you. He doesn't typically share information about himself with anyone. Why is he so closed off? We both kind of are. We were forced to move around a lot, so we didn't make friends. It wasn't until last year that I decided I wasn't moving anymore, and he helped me move into my own place. 
He didn't get his own place until a few months ago. Sav definitely had more questions, but it wasn't the time or the place. And she imagined they'd need to get to know each other a little bit better before Elise was willing to share more with her. Well, it's nice to know that he felt comfortable enough with me to share something about himself. Yeah? Elise smirked. So it's safe to say that the feeling is mutual on your end. It was Sav's turn to smile. I think so. There's something about him. I mean, outside of the obvious attractiveness, he's strong and protective. He's been through some things, but you could easily forget that because it's so expertly masked by his kind heart. Blinking, Sav realized that she'd just let everything that she'd been thinking literally just pour out of her mouth. Again. Embarrassed, she chuckled. (laughs) I guess I do like him. Yeah, you do. I guess it's time for me to be a meddling little sister. What do you mean by that? Her voice full of weariness. Nothing scary, trust me. It's Arian's birthday today, but he hates his birthday. So I have made it my life's goal to change his perspective. And something tells me I'd earn some major points if you were there. Oh, I don't know, Elise. Oh, I wasn't asking. She teased. This is perfect. I found this really cool paintball place that we can do at five. Then I'm thinking dinner at seven. If she hadn't been before, Stav was certainly sold then. Paintball as in shooting paintball pellets at people from specialized guns? I'm there. But I have to warn you, I'm a little on the competitive side. I'd judge you if you weren't. That will work out in our favor this time around because I'm going to put the four of us on the same team. Four? Yeah. You, me, Arian, and Paxson. Paxson. He's the really cute one you're after, right? I don't really know yet. Elise answered honestly. We're from two completely different worlds. Plus, he's a cop. You'd be bored out of your mind if he was just like you. Trust me. Also, men in uniforms are sexy, and I have no doubt that he fills his out nicely. Elise's eyes twinkled with laughter as a sly smile spread across her face. He really does. They both giggled quietly as they walked into the concert hall and joined the other musicians. With Blue by his side, Arian walked somberly through the woods. It was his birthday, and he had absolutely no idea what to do with himself while he waited for Elise. He'd already done just about as much as he could think of to kill time. He'd drawn out his dream in his sketch pad, sketched a few hundred pictures of Savannah at different angles with different expressions he'd already seen. And he cleaned both his house and his sister's. Her place needed it more than his did. He'd been invited to Blue's birthday celebration that at least a hundred animals from the dark domain threw for him and attended. He and Elise came every year, and every year animals would gather and give Blue with his favorite foods and they'd party for hours. Those animals knew how to throw a party. But since he hadn't been in much of a partying mood, He didn't stay long. He tried to sneak out, but Blue sensed his mood and followed him out. Now, they were hiking in the woods in silence to let him burn off what he could only describe as nervous energy. He wasn't sure why he was nervous or why he felt like this birthday was different somehow. If anything, he should feel more crestfallen than ever about this birthday because 20 ended on such a terrible note. He found out that he was adopted, that his birth mother truly didn't want anything to do with him or his sister, that his father was the most evil and powerful murderer in all the worlds. And that his childhood best friend not only found out that Arian was the one who killed his father, but now wanted to kill him along with the only three people in the world that he loved. In all fairness, it wasn't all bad, he declared. His best friend became his sister. They'd come up with a way to stop killing. He'd met Paxson, someone he already respected. And he'd met the beautiful Savannah Upson. He truly hoped that the good would soon outweigh the bad. That 21 was his year to soar. He hoped that he'd finally kill the Dark Lord and live a life full of happiness and peace. And maybe, if he was lucky, that life would be with Sav. Arian was pulled out of his thoughts when Blue nudged his shoulder with a snout. Yeah, I'm sorry, Blue. I know I'm not good company right now. I'm just feeling sorry for myself. You should go enjoy your party. 
You know it's rude if the guest of honor isn't at his own party. Blue shook his head and Arian threw his head back and laughed. Oh, so you think you've got it like that where no one would dare call you rude? Nodding, Blue whinnied out a laugh. I don't think Empress would agree. This time Blue huffed, rolled his eyes, and stomped his front legs in the ground. Women. Don't I know it. But how about this? You take me back home then go back to your party. I can feel that Elise is back in here, and I'm sure she has our whole day scheduled. So I'll be fine. Yeah? Great, thanks. He said when Blue nodded and bent his front leg. Arian placed his foot on Blue's leg and threw his other leg over. He could sometimes forget how much he loved riding and how fast Blue could go when they were racing off to fight some tracker or doing some training exercises. But riding Blue, whether on the ground or in the air, was literally one of his favorite things to do. They were there within minutes, and when Blue stopped at his back porch, Arian hopped off. Thanks again. Elise and I will come to join the party before the day is over. Now, go enjoy yourself. They parted ways. As Blue trotted off to get back to his party, Arian walked into his house to face his. Elise was just about bouncing with glee when Arian walked into the kitchen where she was. There you are. Are you ready for your best birthday ever? Smirking, Arian rolled his eyes. You don't have to do this, Sparks. She sobered for a second. I want to and need to. You know that. He took so many things from us, including ruining countless birthdays. He can't have them anymore. I'm taking them back. Mine and yours, no matter how much you hate it. I don't hate it exactly. I... Great. Then let me do this and no complaints. The anger in her eyes left just as quickly as it had come. And in this place was excitement. Arian couldn't help but laugh. Fine. No complaints. We're two first. Nope. It's a surprise. Elise opened the portal in the kitchen and held out her hand for him to take. Close your eyes and let me lead you. Arian took her hand and obliged. When she told him to open his eyes, he opened them and gasped. He recognized it immediately. But actually being there, the pictures were dim compared to the real thing. Oh my gosh. Sparks. The Sistine Chapel? Do you like it? Like it? It's perfect. I can't believe I haven't thought to come here before. It's incredible. Look at all the continuity and detail. Because Arian walked around just admiring the ceiling, it took him a minute to realize that he wasn't bumping into anyone. Where are all the people? They typically have tours all day. Oh, I, uh, convinced the workers to let us have a private party for an hour. Narrowing his eyes at her, he chuckled. Convinced, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, I like it better this way. Me too. Otherwise, we wouldn't have been able to do this. Lifting her hands, she circled them in front of her, and a light wind lifted Arian off the ground up towards the ceiling. Then she followed him up. As he got higher, Arian extended his arm until he was close enough to touch the ceiling. The texture and detail. Elise, this is amazing. Thank you. You're welcome. What music is to me, art is to you. So I figured you couldn't go wrong with Sistine. No, you did completely right. I can't believe I haven't thought to come here before. He repeated. Working in the cartoon department at my job? I never get to admire classic artwork, and this in particular is breathtaking. Arian leaned back to float on his back, and the wind shifted under him to accommodate. For a while, they just floated around, admiring every inch of the ceiling in a comfortable silence. I have to admit, I was nervous about my birthday. But this, here, with the sister I just found out I had, who's always been the biggest pain in my butt and my best friend, this is perfect. That made her laugh. Yeah, well, it's not over yet. He raised his eyebrows. There's more? Sure is. You ready for the next stop? Uh, I guess. Cool, let's go. Elise lowered them back down to the floor of the chapel and turned to him as she opened up the portal. Think of this as my actual gift to you. 
They stepped through the portal into the dark domain, then through another portal back to what he knew was New York. They stood in front of a two-story building with classic gray bricks and stone steps that continued up to form a pretty archway over wide double doors. The archway jutted out about three feet from the building. There were three wide windows on the second floor, the middle of which had a balcony with the same elegant black cast iron railing as the railings bordering the steps. There were two other windows equally as wide on the first level. I bought this building. You what? You're 20. Can you even buy property at 20? I sure can. Come on. Let me give you a tour. It needs some work, but the previous owner left it in really good shape. Elise walked up the stairs, unlocked the door, and opened it for Arian to walk through. The building was as beautiful on the inside as it was on the outside. It was a completely open floor plan with bare light gray walls and black and gray marble floors. On the right side of the door, it looked like the top half of the wall had been cut out about six feet in length and the bottom half of that wall was covered in a dark marble surface the same pattern as the floor. Arian walked up to the counter and saw that there was a desk attached to the inside of the half wall that created what looked like a receptionist's room. There was a door on the right of the half wall that he guessed was the way into the room. On the opposite side of the wall was both a set of black elevator doors and a large staircase. Further down, there were about four doors on either side of the building and a set of double doors that slid open at the very back of the building. As he walked towards the back, he opened each door. Some rooms were much larger than others, but all were a decent size. It was the last room, though, that made him smile. It was huge, with wide-open windows that brought in a lot of natural sunlight that were identical to the ones in the front of the building. The floor, like in all the other rooms, was a dark grayish tile that looked exactly like hardwood. The walls were the same light gray and bare as the rest of the building. Elise fidgeted with her fingers while Arian looked around. He hadn't said a word since she'd opened the doors, and that worried her. She wasn't sure why it mattered to her what he thought about it, but it did matter. When he finally finished looking around the first floor, she couldn't keep quiet any longer. Do you like it? First tell me, is this for the music school that you didn't tell me about until last night? She gave him a sheepish smile. For a long time, I'd been playing around with it in my head, so there was nothing to tell. It wasn't until I played in Amsterdam and got into the orchestra that the idea began to solidify. Then I came across this building while Sab and I were walking during our break today and I knew. It was mine the moment I saw it and I bought it. So what do you think? Sparks. I love it. It's the perfect size for a music school. You can give private lessons and have a full orchestra of your own in here. The acoustics are fantastic. She smiled when he said everything she'd been thinking. I want you to paint it. Instantly, he stopped in his tracks and turned to her. I want you to paint it any and everywhere you'd like. I want you to draw and paint murals on the walls. You can do a collective piece, each coming together to tell a story, like at the Sistine Chapel, or each piece can be completely different than the other. Whatever you like. I can draw whatever I want on your walls. You have complete artistic control. She answered. What if you don't like it? I like all of your work. Elise said matter-of-factly. I trust you. Besides, if it's completely horrible, I can just paint over it. She teased. He could already see it, or the beginnings of what he would draw. He could see the angles and the tones, and his fingers were itching to begin, but he didn't want to get ahead of himself. He couldn't believe that she was letting him use her music school as his canvas. Elise, I, I don't know what to say. Say you'll do it. Oh, the look of shock and awe on my face wasn't clear enough. Of course I'll do it. Thank you. Holding out her hand, a sketch pencil appeared in it seconds later. We have a few hours to kill before our next stop. Do you want to get started? You know me so well. Arian grabbed the pencil out of her hand, kissed her on the top of the head, and ran to the first room on the left to get started. Elise opened the door to the front desk and walked in. She pulled a large bucket of cleaning products from under the desk and got to work. Neither one of them came up for air until her alarm went off on her phone. 
She'd gotten her front office clean and elevator clean, and she swept, mopped, and polished the marble floors. Proud of her progress, Elise pushed off the floor, dusted herself off, and went in the first room to get Arian. She found him standing on a chair drawing at the top of one of the walls. He'd already sketched on half of that wall. This looks great. Wait until you see the finished product. He mumbled, distracted. It will have to wait. We have to go, Hero. We need to change. That got his attention. Change? I'm finding what I have on. He really just wanted some more time to draw. You're in a ratty t-shirt and torn jeans. Well, actually, that's perfect, but I'm filthy. Come on. You will have all the time that you need later. Fine. Aaron only pouted a little when he hopped down off the chair. Elise opened the portal once more, and they walked through right into Arian's home. I laid the appropriate outfit for the night on your bed. I'd suggest putting them over what you have on now or under them. It doesn't matter which. I just suggest the layers. I'm about to take a shower. I'll be ready in an hour. What exactly are we going to do next? It's a surprise. She repeated exasperated for what felt like the millionth time. Right. He muttered exasperated. After Elise dashed off to her room, Arian turned towards his. He saw a pair of sweatpants and a zip-up jacket laid out on the edge of his bed. Muttering about burning alive, he stuffed his limbs in his sweats over the clothes he had on. To kill time, he pulled out his sketch pad and began to sketch out ideas for the school. Before he knew it, Elise was knocking on his door, interrupting him for the second time that day. This time, he went willingly because he had to admit that he was quite curious as to what she had in store for them next. Elise opened the portal again and stepped through in front of him. The portal closed behind him and he looked around. An alleyway? You're just full of surprises, Sparks. Don't be a smartass. Follow me. And he did. They walked out of the alleyway and made a left turn. When he realized what building she stopped at, a childlike glee spread through him and had him feeling like a little boy again. No way. Are we going paintballing? This is so cool. Smiling, she looked at him. I thought you'd like that, and I figured you'd like this even more. She opened the door, and Sav and Paxson were leaning on the front desk with grins on their faces. Sav skipped up to Arian, wrapped her arms around his neck, and pressed her lips against his. The kiss was quick, but it packed a punch. He was completely taken aback. What? What was that for? He asked as he tried to recover from the kiss. She hadn't expected the kiss to feel like that, Sav mused. If the kiss had lasted any longer, she would have melted all over his clothes. As the seconds passed by, she could feel her blood heating up being so close to him. She needed to get her balance back. She needed some space. So she lowered off the tip of her toes and took a step back. She smiled up at him. A birthday kiss for the birthday boy. A slow smirk spread across his face, and he took a step towards her to close the gap. In that case... He lifted his hand, cupped her face, then wrapped his other arm around her waist and brought her even closer. Teasing her lips with his tongue, he waited until they parted, then, slowly, he plunged. Elise slid by them to go stand by Paxson. She smiled awkwardly up at him. Hey, you. Hey, you smell nice. He answered with an amused look on his face. Thank you, I showered. She smiled when he laughed. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Aaron and I really only had each other. It's nice to finally have friends to share occasions like this with. We're friends now? I was referring to Sav. She retorted with laughter in her eyes. The jury is still out on you. That's understandable. Is it completely obvious that I'm just saying words to drown out the sound of them kissing? Elise giggled. No, and I think I will join you in that ingenious plan. Arian has never been a fan of his birthday, so I've made it my mission to change his mind. I ruined the only birthday he really ever cared about. How'd you do that? Paxson wanted to know. She blinked up at him. She thought about giving him a generic answer, but she'd been completely honest with him up to that point. Why mess up a good thing? After he and I met, we, for the first time, really started to dream to believe that everything would be different. We found a best friend in each other, and maybe we'd finally found a home. 
a part of me really knew it wasn't that simple, but I kept that to myself because we both desperately wanted it to be. But on his 13th birthday, I had to move. Why? Ever since I was a child, I've had a tracker after me. We were always on the move to get away from him, and he was on the move to find me. I didn't know why at first, but when we killed him, he told me that the level of my power was unmatched. Did he know that the Dark Lord is your father? Paxson asked. No, and as far as we know, neither does Theodore. Anyway, I could always sense that he was near, not the way Arian does. I would just always get this sense of, I don't know, doom. I know that sounds dramatic, but I knew something was coming. But that time, he wasn't just near. He was there in the same city. I don't think my mom had ever been more terrified. We left everything behind. I didn't tell Arian this, but when I met him in the dark domain on his birthday, we were already gone. It wasn't until a year later when the tracker found me in the dark domain and Arian killed him that all the pieces that day were put together. Before Arian moved and met me, he made a friend in the town he'd been previously living in. Brian Watson. He was the only person at Arian's 13th birthday party. Let me guess, he was related to Brian. Elise nodded grimly. Yes, Arian told me that Brian's mom had been working that weekend, so only Mr. Watson could fly him out. Arian blames himself for the whole thing, bringing a tracker into our homes, forcing me to leave, killing the father of his best friend, and for how that best friend turned out. Paxson looked down at Elise as she looked off into the distance, obviously thinking back on the past. It was clear to him that Arian wasn't the only one blaming himself for what had happened. What do you mean? He's Theodore's newest and strongest tracker. Brian didn't know it was Arian who killed his father because Arian couldn't face him. Brian just grew up hating the war master. He found that it was Arian when we met Theodore for the first time. How'd that go? He asked. It wasn't pretty. Shaking her head, Elise frowned. Ugh. I'm not sure how we fell down this dark little rabbit hole. What I was trying to get at is that I'm determined to change his mind about his birthday. And you two are a big part in helping me do that, so thank you. Thank you for including me. I'm not used to having friends either. I had... lackeys, I guess you could call them. And I know that we haven't known each other for very long, but I like you. I mean, uh, you know, as business associates and friends. Elise smirked. Nice save. Paxton chuckled nervously. Did he just... He couldn't believe he'd said that. Sure, the smell of her, a mixture of candy and a sweet flower in full bloom, had stuck with him, so much so that the scent would pop up on him at random times of the day. And sure, he couldn't get her smile or her laugh out of his head, but she didn't need to know any of that, especially when he was doing everything in his power to purge her from his system and keep the relationship platonic. All I meant is that it's a happy change from my past. It appears that this work partnership and budding friendship is mutually beneficial and we're going to miss our time slot if we don't go in. She turned to Arian. They weren't kissing anymore, but they were huddled together, talking and smiling like a couple of grade schoolers. So, she raised her voice to ensure they heard her. Hey, hero, you want to detach yourself from Sav there so we can turn some unsuspecting people into Picasso paintings? Rolling his eyes, Arian stood up straight. So, we on for Tuesday at 6? Yes, we are. Good. Turning to face his sister, he rested his arm over Sav's shoulders and walked her up to the counter to join the others. So how's this working? We splitting up into teams? No, for our first time, I felt it'd be better to all be on the same team and go against some random people. You think that's fair? Paxson asked. Just then, six tall guys sauntered into the building who looked like they ate children for breakfast, then came to the paintball park to burn off the excess calories. They were dressed from head to toe in the professional paintball gear. They overheard one of the guys scoff and mutter. They've got two girls on a four-person team? Our record is safe. Then they all <laughs> chuckled and walked into the arena. Paxson turned back to the group, his face grim. Forget fair. Let's go Picasso on those sexist jerks. Hmm, I like this color on you. 
Elise said playfully as laughter danced in her eyes. While I completely agree, Arian stated, No extra stuff. We will beat them fair and square. Yes? Rolling her eyes, Elise picked up the gun that one of the employees set out for them. You're such a killjoy, but fine. Fair and square. Let's go. What extra stuff? Are you talking about cheating? Sav asked as she picked up her gun. She felt like she wasn't in on an inside joke, and she had to admit that she wasn't a fan of the feeling. I mean, I'm not above it to prove a point, but that's not exactly what he meant. I'll explain later, Sav. Right now, we have a record to destroy. Elise rested her gun on her shoulder, lifted her chin, and walked into the arena. The others followed. The entire building was set up like a military-grade training field. There were obstacles to hide behind, climb over, crawl under, and wooden towers Arian could tell would give them a great vantage point. Alright guys, split up. As soon as the buzzer sounds and the games begin, I'm going for the tower. I'll cover you. Sav offered. He smirked down at her. Thanks. I'll return the favor and take out as many as I can from up there. We have 10 seconds every time we hit one of them. That's when you all move in to find and retrieve the flag. I might even be able to see where it's hidden from up there. We good with that plan? When they all nodded, Arian looked up at the large timer on the wall. All right, we have 30 seconds. Get in position. Backs against the walls and guns pointed upward, they all waited in silence for the buzzer. Everyone was so excited that the air around them was practically electric. Arian felt his adrenaline rising and could sense everyone else's was too, because he could just about slice the energy with the knife. It was palpable. Seconds later, the alarm echoed through the arena, signaling the start of the game, and they all dropped down and went their separate ways. Guns now at the ready, Sav followed Arian but kept a wide enough distance to see every angle. When head and gun popped up from the opposing team, she fired a few bullets without even thinking about it. All three connected, one in the shoulder and two in the chest. The next thing they heard was a stream of curses laced in pain and I'm hit by a girl, no less. Sav shouted out, taunting them. They both crouched down behind another barrier of stacked wooden boxes. Arian looked at her smirking. Nice shooting there, Slick. Thanks. I might just tell you how I learned it when this is over. Right now, we're less than 100 yards away from the tower. Let's go. From where she was, Elise could see a shadow of at least two guys from the other team huddled behind more boxes at the far end of the field. She assumed that the flag was somewhere near there. She couldn't move too quickly because there were three guys hiding somewhere, and the first guy was seconds away from unfreezing. Quietly, she crept a little closer to get a different view. Suddenly, she heard something behind her and swung around gun first to see who it was. Elise was just about to fire when she realized it was Paxson, but while she lowered her gun, he shot his. Why, you son of a- I'm hit! One of the guys behind her shouted. I would have seen him if you hadn't snuck up behind me. You think? Even though that wasn't the direction you were looking in? You're welcome. He said over his shoulder as he passed her. Grimacing, she vowed to get him back. After they won. Not wanting him to be anywhere near her for him to steal another one of her kills, Elise crept away in a different direction. She spotted two creeping in the direction of Sav and Arian, with their backs turned away from her. Lifting her gun, she shot one in the leg and the back. When he yelled from a sharp, quick pain and collapsed, the other guy turned to retaliate but wasn't fast enough and got caught with a paintball in the chest. As they announced that they'd been shot, Elise ran to where they were standing, frozen and angry. Isn't it so frustrating that girls can shoot too? She asked, feigning aggravation. Then she walked past them. Suddenly, she felt a sharp, stinging pain in the middle of her back that had her jerking forward. Elise turned around to see who did it as she opened her mouth to inform her team that she'd been hit, but stopped when she didn't see anyone behind her except the two that she'd already shot. Anger started to spread through her. Do you mean to tell me you stood there and shot me in the back while you were frozen? Which one of you sexist cowards did it? I don't know what you're talking about. Sure you don't. Her voice dripped with sarcasm, her back still throbbing from the close-range shot. That was for sure going to leave a bruise, and that, she declared, they would pay for Too fast for either of them to react, 
Elise shot off two paintballs, hitting the first guy in his shooting hand and the second guy in the neck. Their howls of anguish fueled her anger. She spun around, gun at the ready, wanting vengeance. Paxson, who had seen the entire scene play out, was fuming with the rage he hadn't felt in a long time. A part of him missed the feeling because it tapped into a portion of his power he had long since buried. But he knew with that power came destruction. A destruction that he was seconds away from unleashing on those two worthless scumbags who shot her in the back. Unfortunately, he didn't get the opportunity. He was forced to stop short when he saw her retaliate. She'd handled it on her own, and quite beautifully, he mused. What he saw her do next was nothing short of amazing. Looking down from his perch up in the tower, Arian watched Elise spin around, and he got a glimpse of her face. He sighed. Oh, man. I know that face. What face? What's wrong? Sav wanted to know. My sister's pissed. You might as well sit back and relax, because she's about to give us a show. And she didn't disappoint. Closing her eyes, Elise took a calming breath and listened intently. She could hear shuffling to her right, so she opened her eyes and dashed in the direction of the noise. One man who heard her coming jumped from out of his hiding spot and shot his gun. Leaning to the left, she dodged the bullet, never losing her stride. With her gun in her left hand, she lifted her right arm, then brought it down around the enemy's gun, locked it tightly under her arm, and yanked it out of his hands. The gun dropped to the floor and she thrusted her hand out, hitting the butt of her hand against his chest. As he stumbled back, she dropped down, swooped her leg across his feet, and kicked them from under him. On his way down, she shot him twice, one on either shoulder, and moved to the next guy. In the distance, she heard shots being fired, but she knew that Sav and Arian could hold their own, so she went on to the last two guys left. She spotted Paxson to her left and gave him a hand motion to find the flag. After he nodded at her, they both ran off. Done with hiding and creeping around, Elise jumped on a stack of boxes to find where the other two were, daring someone to shoot her. When she spotted them, she hopped from one obstacle to the next, getting closer and closer to her enemy, dodging their paintballs as she went. When she was right on top of them, she jumped up, flipping over them, and shot them in midair. Paxson sauntered up to the losing team with the flag he'd retrieved thrown over his shoulder. Good game, gentlemen. And while I debated just letting you all lick your wounds in private, I couldn't let that chauvinistic remark you all made earlier fly. I know you're pretty bruised up about it, so why don't you go on over and apologize to those badass women over there? Who do you think you are, wise guy? We don't have to go anywhere and do anything for anybody. Paxson chuckled, but it did not reach his eyes. You, out of everyone in your group, should be the last one opening his mouth and shoving his foot in it, especially since you were the punk who shot one of them in the back not three seconds after you'd been shot. But to answer your question... He reached in his pocket pulled out his wallet, and opened it to show them. I'm the cop that can make your immediate future very difficult if you don't do the right thing. All six of them jumped up and scurried away towards the others. When they made it to them, Elise noted that they looked like a bunch of little boys who'd been caught stealing cookies from the cookie jar. She was glad that she had something to do with putting those looks on their faces. Good game, guys. Sav said with a sweet smile on her face. Why rub it in when they clearly knew that they both lost and were wrong? We wanted to come over and apologize for what we said out there. And I'm sorry, ma'am. He looked directly at Elise. For shooting you in the back. Then he looked over at Paxson, who was standing rather close to them. He gave them a nod of approval. Elise dusted her hands and stood up. I thought it was you. That's why I shot you in your shooting hand. But apology accepted. Good game, fellas. She held out her hand for their spokesperson to shake. And when he did, she sat back down. Oh, and a word of advice? Elise started before they could walk off. Stop underestimating women. You'll be disappointed every time. Maybe get to know one before you put us all in a box. Treat women better, and you might find that you're treated better in return. When it was just the four of them left, and they were headed out of the arena, Elise lifted her gun, turned, and shot Paxson in the thigh. He hissed in pain. What the hell was that for? He all but growled at her. I owed you from earlier when you took my shot. And don't be a baby about it. I shot you in one of the meatiest parts of your body. You're welcome. That's it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it. 
Please subscribe to my podcast and follow me on Instagram at Reality Interrupted Pod and on Twitter at Real Interrupted. Let me know what you think of the book so far by DMing me or email me at realityinterruptedpod at gmail.com. See you same time, same place for episode 11. Here we go. Take one. <laughs> that looks familiar. Let's get it. Take one, man, because I ain't fucked up the first time. Let's get it. <laughs> I was practicing. <laughs> Take one. Chapter one. Let's get it. <laughs> you could easily forget that because it's so expertly maxed by his heart. Okay. Visions, but I. D- oh, dang, dang it. Oh, my gosh. As business associates and friends, I mean, uh, you know, as business. O- ah. Paintball, as in shooting. Sh- okay, shooting. <laughs> it ran out. She shaved a solid five. Huh. <laughs> Yo, this she shaved a solid. I got it. I got it. I'm not getting my head off chewed for it. I'm my head off chewed. <laughs> all I meant is that it's a happy change for my. All I meant is that. Ah. She shaved. She. Shit. She shit. That's what she did. <laughs> he did chuckle when Blue raised his head, turned away, and trotted off with all the dignity he had left. Why can't I say that word? Dignity. Forget fair. Let's go Picasso on those. Oh my goodness. Thanks. I might just tell you how I learned this when. Uh, thanks. I might just tell you how I learned when the. <laughs> I don't like this sentence. I'm- Visions come in tidbits, flashing image. Uh, what? Huh. Redo. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, that was your fault. No, that one was your fault for sure. I'm inclined to think this one was your fault too. You said press R. I'm like, yeah, I press R. I click R. Nah, literally press R. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I thought you were talking about press the flash and R. I was like, yeah, I'll click it. Easy. A piece of her heart broke that he no longer considered. He no longer considered. No, shut up. Goodness. Okay, I just felt like my mouth was already going to fuck up the first few words. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. Blue can be a bit... What is this word? Mercurial? Bro, that is... Who has ever used this word? Bro, what does that mean? Goodness. Mercurial. They'd figure that it was a very... Why can't I read? Also, men in uniforms are sexy, and I have no doubts that he fills his out nicely. No doubt, not doubts. Well, you have an S on there, so. Do I? You do. No doubts? Yeah. Oh, well, take that off. You, I can't. Okay, well, then just don't say it. <sighs> also, men in uniforms. <laughs> it's the way this sigh is going to keep coming. They figured it was a very beautiful. Mm. They'd figured that it was a very abusive relationship for her reactions to be so extreme. Sav, right? Sav. Damn. (laughs) Good morning. You ready? Mm -hmm. McGee, you ready? I'm ready. All right. Let's get it. Let's get it. Blinking, Sav realized that she just let everything that she'd been thinking pour. Uh Uh-uh. Nope. 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 Even after... Even after you, even after you, oh, come on. On a half-hearted chuckle, chuckle, they both giggled as they, mm, nope, 
They both wiggled. Oh my. <laughs> even after you realize the dick, even, bro, what? You've gotten a lot stronger since Arian brought you to me to help. Blah. Dang it. Ding dang it. <laughs> Elise opened the portal in the kitchen and held out her hand for. Mm, Elise opened the portal in the kitchen and held out. He wasn't sure why he was nervous or why he felt like it this. And that his childhood best friend not only found. Okay. Freak. And I think I will join you in the indigenous. In this. In that ingenious plan. <clears throat> indigenous earth one. Okay. <laughs> Lifting her hands. She circled. Circled. Oh, what is wrong? Freak. I was doing so well. I know you're pretty bruised up about it. So why don't you. Ah. That made her laugh. Laughed. Ugh. When they made it to them, Elise noted that they looked at it. She asked, feigning aggregation. Aggravation. Mom could have alert. Mom. Sav said with a sweet, sweet mile. Sweet mile. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it.